Hi, this is Ozzy Jurok. I'm the host of OzBuzz and I am very fortunate to have my great guests talk real estate and life and journeys and advice. And today I'm very happy to uh, have as a guest uh, Karim Verani, who is the founder of Verani Real Estate Advisors. Uh, hi Karim, how are you today? Hello Ozzy, always nice to have you in our office. Yeah, nice to be here. We're here in West Vancouver, a beautiful sunny day. You specialized uh, in, in high-end real estate international buyers. So how did you start? Um, <clears throat> start, you mean with uh, real estate or with yeah, dealing with international buyers? Both. Well, um, let me just tell you a little bit about uh, how we got started in the real estate industry. Um, I was a young fellow living here in Vancouver, around 21 years old, and decided to move to London. Uh, you might ask why London because it was an international city that was uh, was uh, very active in real estate and real estate's always been my passion since I was a young boy um, and um, I moved there in 1988 to London thinking that I wanted to be in the real estate industry I didn't know what I wanted to do but I wanted to be involved with the real estate industry so when I got to London I found um, that the real estate industry worked quite differently than it does over here. Um, you had what's called estate agents there, and um, they estate agents work a little differently than here. They're not independent contractors. They basically work for the firm. So in interviewing with a few agencies, I, I thought I'd become a real estate agent. Um, I found that they were very boxed in in the way that they did real estate. One night I was looking through the Evening Standard in London and I saw this ad, American style real estate company, six figures possible. And of, <laughs> course, my <laughs> of course my eyes lit up with that. So I answered to this and I said I want to come for an interview. And it was located in the Docklands area, which is East London, which was under a big metamorphosis with um, Reichman Brothers doing a big uh, development. The Wharf, the yeah. Canary Wharf, exactly. Um, a very, uh, one of the largest developments, not only in Europe, but in the world. So I was very excited to go down there. It was uh, in East One, Butcher's Row, went down there. Big company with a big warehouse and a big setup. Very American style. And I was interviewed by a fellow by the name of Tom. And he said to me, you know, you don't know London that well. Why should we hire you? And I said, give me a chance, Tom. And I persuaded him to put me into the training program. Um, so that was my first initiation into learning real estate in London, which was, um, which was really nice to, to get that opportunity. So during the course, uh, which was a week long, uh, Tom said, I don't know if you're going to understand what's going on here. Meanwhile, I was doing a lot of research, made a few contacts in East London, and uh, you know, continued on with uh, learning about real estate there. After the course, um, it, was a, it was a company that did rental and sales. Rental and sales go very much hand in hand over mm -hmm. in England. And they were a large company, over a hundred people there. They had a, quite an elaborate uh, computer system. Estatecraft was the, um, was the uh, software that they used. That was a forerunner almost, no? Sorry? <coughs> it was like a forerunner of all what we have today. Absolutely. It was actually quite, quite um, many years ahead of what was happening over here. The CRM systems were really um, plugged in. They were working with California companies, so they were very Americanized. Anyway, um, as it was the fastest growing uh, area in, in the UK, 
there was a lot of activity there. So the first month went by and I didn't have any sales and Tom was very upset at me. How come you've not had any sales? And I said, I've been learning the computer system. I've been learning the roads. I've been learning the product. The second month I go, and he said to me, Tom said, how many sales did you do, Varani? And I said, well, none. He goes, how many uh, rentals did you do? I said, none. He goes, I don't think you're going to make it in this business. <laughs> I said, Tom, please give me one more month. <clears throat> so the next month he come up to me and he says, Kareem, how much have you done? Tell me the truth. How many sales? I said, five. He said, five? Lucky. He goes, how many rentals did you do? I said, seven. He goes, oh, you had a lucky month. <laughs> I said, yes, Tom, I had a lucky month. <laughs> so that was the start of my real estate career. The next month I went on to do more sales. And um, I remember Tom saying to me, oh, you're just having lucky months. And then <laughs> <laughs> the owner happened to notice that I was talking to Tom one mm. month and he said, what's happening here, Varani? And I go, well, Tom seems to think that I'm having lucky month one after the other. <laughs> I'm the top salesman here. Yeah. He says, I've noticed that too, Varani. Yeah. He goes, Tom, you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> There's such a thing as the harder you work, the luckier you get. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. but, but the story was that he pulled me into his office and he said, I'm doing a deal with Olympia New York and you're Canadian. I want yeah. you to be involved with this deal. Mm -hmm. So we got involved with doing this commercial deal where we were selling acreage to uh, one of the many pieces of land that Olympia New York bought by the way and eventually ended up doing a deal with Olympia New York. Many months later I was a top sales person there and decided to got, get into my own real estate company uh, and I parted ways with a company called Property File and started my own company called London Meridian Properties mm. and that was based in the West End of London and it start, I started off with, I took my manager from Property File, myself, uh, my then wife, and we started the uh, real estate business over there, real estate brokerage business. After three years being in the business, um, we were fairly successful. We had sold hotels, large buildings, uh, commercial land, and were, you know, very well poised in the market. Um, my wife just never liked living there and mm. she said she wanted to move back to Vancouver so um, with a heavy heart I left London and <laughs> um, never quite left it but <laughs> physically left it yeah. and uh, moved to Vancouver and met my friend Brian Rupchinski who is in the real estate business and he said what are you gonna do here I said well something to do with real estate he says why don't you come to Crest Realty and become a realtor with me that's a fine old name <laughs> that's Crest, right uh, so I went to visit Crest Realty and uh, talked to a fellow by the name of Keith, who was a manager there at that time. And he was very supportive and he said, why don't you try real estate here? And um, I started selling real estate. I got, went through the real estate course and started selling real estate. In the first year, I was fairly active and decided that I wanted to move on to Remax because this, this was this new company yeah. that only hired the best of the best, yeah. only the top 10%. <laughs> and I was very much wanting to be in that. The best. Yeah. The best, yes, exactly. Above the crowd or yeah. cloud yeah. or whatever yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, that was it. Above the cloud. Um, yeah, so it was, you know, it was something that I was aspiring to. And I remember being interviewed when I went to First Arrows by Frank Carney, yes. who would later on become yeah. uh, my friend and mentor. And he asked me the question, what makes you think you can be a Remax agent? 
and I was prepared and I showed him the sheet of paper that how many sales I'd made for the year that I'd first started and he and his he browsed through it for about two minutes and he said when do you want to start <laughs> yeah oh yeah I you said Monday morning yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that was my start of my career with Remax and then ended up being there for almost 12 years it uh, merged with Remax Crest Realty Crest Realty actually became mm -hmm. Remax at that time and um, I was very happy there and uh, Frank was my manager and we established a good uh, market share in, in North and West Vancouver and subsequently we moved to West Vancouver to Remax Masters. Um, many years later it dawned on me that I wanted to do something different. I wanted to start my own company. Um, so I went to my father and I said to him, Dad, I'm thinking of starting my own company. He said, don't be a fool. <laughs> don't upset the apple cart. You're doing well. You're doing good. Yeah. <laughs> so I said, I just want to do something different. I want to, you know, I want to, I want to, I want to do more international market. I want to be part of an international group and I want to bring in international buyers. I really feel Vancouver is international. And that was a good call. When was that? That was about 15 years ago. Yeah, perfect timing. And about 10, 11 years ago, I formed my Varani Real Estate Advisors. Frank I like that name it, because it's, it focuses on being an advisor. Yes, sir. That was actually a big part of actually why we used um, uh, Varani Real Estate Advisors. Real Estate Advisors, in the capacity of selling real estate, people depend on you as their advisor, as their confidant. And you must be able to provide good facts about the market uh, forecasts, how interest rates are doing, how we fare internationally, why Vancouver is a good buy. And I think we're very lucky enough to be living in one of the most beautiful cities in the world. You know, we have lovely mountains, uh, the sea, um, lovely, lovely people here, democracy, true multiculturalism, where we have people from all over the world here and it is a true international city. And I remember 25, 30 years ago when, we used to go, when I used to visit London and tell, them, tell people that I'm from Vancouver, they'd say, well, where is Vancouver? Next to Toronto. <laughs> I said, no, it's nowhere near Toronto, but it's on the West Coast. Uh -huh. And in the last 10 years, when you say to people in London, I, I'm from Vancouver, yeah. they're like, I would love to visit Vancouver. Exactly. And a lot of them have, you know. Because absolutely. No yeah, question. Absolutely. So when you started Virani Advisors, was your focus right away the international buyer? or? Um, very much so. We wanted to be one of the things when I first envisioned the company, I hired a company by the name of Envisioning and Storytelling, which was owned by Paul Smith at that time. Paul has also been a friend of ours, a family friend for many, many years, a West Vancouver uh, resident and very much entrenched into the real estate business. And I asked him to do my branding and he asked me what my vision was for Virani Real Estate Advisors. I told him that we wanted to be a company that specialized in international sales because I didn't think that people really had marketed Vancouver as an international city. So that was very much my goal from the beginning. Of course, subsequently, many other people have joined in that crusade and, and also helped the cause for Vancouver becoming an international city. Um, that that was preliminarily my 
my idea when I formed the company. So what is the primary goal of, a, of an international buyer? What are they looking for? Safety? Banking system? I think that Canada, <coughs> first of all, welcomes foreigners and welcomes diversity, so they feel welcome when they come here. Yes. That's number one. Number two is that it is a young country with a lot of opportunity. And I think because we've lived here for a number of years and grown up here, we sometimes take a more micro approach and they take international people take a more macro approach and they see the long-term benefit of living and investing in a country that has so much to offer, yeah. perhaps more than any other country in the world. I'm a true believer Canada is one of the best places, if not the best place in the world to live in. And Vancouver West Coast offers some of the most beautiful scenery in the world. Yeah, no question. You could go skiing in the morning and fishing in the afternoon if you wanted to. Absolutely. It has everything. Yeah. It does, yeah. Well, it's interesting. So the international buyer then, they also feel safe coming here. We have the safest banking system. Banking system is safe. You know, they feel that if they were to put money in another country, Canada is a safe haven for them. Um, they feel they're welcome here. Uh, the banking system is very uh, stable. Uh, even during the 2008 um, collapse in the USA, Canada still stood firm because they did not have as um, loose of a system where um, money crisis came into play. Of course, we did have a correction at that time, but it was not a failure of the system. It was just a, uh, it was a condition of the market, international market at that time. Yeah, and the buyers where they come from, they have their own problems. You look at England now with Brexit and, and Europe and the, the Euro and all of those things conspire for the buyer perhaps to look elsewhere in the world. And how better to come to somebody like yourself, because I think you have a unique approach. You really care about them. You want to nurture the relationship. And, uh, and I, I like you say one of your fundamentals are that the client's values and ideals must be in alignment with your own. Absolutely. Um, we only live once. Yeah. We, want to li we want to have you know, and deal with people that are like-minded. Right. And as my father says, and is an old adage, bird of the same feather flock together. Yeah. And I always tell my brother that <coughs> listening to people from international places gives us ideas of how we can grow our company and do, be and, and do better in what we do as well. Um, you know, I think our services have broadened significantly from the start of when we founded the company uh, 11 years ago. Well, anybody that comes to your office in West Vancouver has to be thrilled with uh, what you have created. I mean, you have a, an environment that really is conducive to success because one of your strategies is to have new technology and you have, you have a virtual reality room that I haven't really seen anywhere else. Ozzy, um, about five years ago I was talking with my brother and I told him that if we don't enter into the technology business and use technology to sell real estate will be out of business in the next 10 years. Technology is um, a part of almost everything we do today. I mean, now appliances are using technology. Uh, when I was flying back from LA uh, about a month ago, um, the fellow sitting next to me, I asked him what he did and he said, I'm in automation of cabinetry. And I said, automation of cabinetry? 
He said, yes, we use technology in cabinets. And I thought, wow, how brilliant is that? You know, that even a cabinet yeah. person is thinking that technology is the way of the future. He said that, you know, we're used to pushing the, the cupboard and it popping out. That's 50-year-old yeah. technology. He says, now our technology is you wave your hand and it opens. <laughs> or you say, open the cutlery drawer and it opens. <laughs> yeah. So The fridge will tell you what to buy. <laughs> <laughs> fridge can be your best friend, Ozzy. Yeah. <laughs> I can be your worst friend, too. <laughs> yeah. Depend on what you take out of it. Um, it is in every part of our life now, technology, and the way real estate is going to be sold in the future will be very much immersed in technology. So I feel our industry will go through that change significantly through the next five to ten years and we we're, we remain at the forefront of this technologies and want to um, still implement many things more than just virtual reality. Virtual reality is something that can blossom into so many things. You can actually custom design your home on virtual reality. Change the colors. Change the colors, uh, customize and with 3D printing yeah. you're able to actually have you can have one building with you know fifteen hundred different suites. Yeah. So, you talked about even a hologram maybe in the future. Yes, <laughs> uh, we have this area in the front that I envision that will have hologram for um, you know some of the buildings that we market pre-sale as well as some of the uh, new-built houses that we're involved mm -hmm. with because at the moment we sell a lot of new houses. Uh, individual single-family houses as well. Because and you're strong in the local market as well. Uh, of course, the, uh, that component which is resale, uh, or I call the retail sector of our business, is very, very important as a dovetail for our pre-sale market because we're able to um, interact with so many different people and understand their needs to build their real estate portfolio and the pre-sale market becomes uh, a, a nice way of uh, introducing them, way of investing into real estate. Well, what I find interesting is you don't do technology for technology's sake. Your, your each new innovation must be beneficial to your clients. You know, that's, that's sort of your goal. You want to be user-friendly and interactive and that is the future. I think whenever you're introducing new services or technologies, you must think how the consumer will benefit out of that. When you add value added to your customers and you put your customers first, um, you'll automatically get a, a very strong following. Our biggest currency is trust. And if we can build trust with our clients, we will have clients for the rest of our lives. Very few fall off because they're always looked after and they're looked after individually as an individual person. You have to have that trust, but like you put that together, innovation, caring, international buyers, and then you have represented some of the finest, newest buildings in Vancouver, and they all have a unique story. I, I know you, you put together the, the sale at Vancouver House and selling um, the butterfly and selling uh, the uh, the great new building on Alberni. Um, what is special about these kind of uh, buildings? Well, we've been lucky enough to um, uh, work with uh, West Bank, Ian Gillespie, 
He right. is a real visionary. He, I, he definitely I is. I just love talking to him, yeah. uh, listening to him. I mean, he, the ideas he presents, like when they launched the butterfly and it, it was in defense of beauty. The fight for beauty, yes. Yeah, yeah yes. the fight for beauty. Yeah. Yes. I mean, he puts the story together and then he builds a building that is very attractive around that story. He is, he's born and bred in Vancouver and loves Vancouver and has raised the bar considerably in the vision of architecture for Vancouver. Um, we have, of course, had many uh, architects before Ian's time as well with, you know, Paul Merrick and <coughs> Arthur Erickson and a few others um, that have contributed towards um, great buildings in our, in, our, in our city. I think the downtown core of Vancouver is probably the the most beautiful downtown core of any city in the world. Yeah. Um, it's clean, it's accessible, um, it's safe, and um, it offers a lot of opportunity for people. I, I said to my brother about 10 years ago, we're witnessing the little Manhattanization of Vancouver with Concord Pacific uh, at the forefront of that development and then many other developers like Boza, that had the vision to see what Vancouver was, right. going to what was going to happen. And Ian, of course, has been a big contributor on the architectural and, and artistic front, uh, Ian Gillespie, um, and contributed some, probably some of the nicest buildings in the world. And we've That's been right, not just Vancouver, the world. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. When you look at the developers in Vancouver, some of them which I've named, and of course I've missed a few, um, they're some of the best developers in the world, they contribute, uh, you know, for example, say in San Diego, you have Nat Boza and, right. and Nabi Ferris with Intergolf. And they're lovely, lovely people that are doing great things in other cities, not just in Vancouver. So I think Canadians, particularly developers from Vancouver, are known around North America. Well, it isn't just small projects. I know the latest project uh, that West Bank is doing is a total redevelopment of Oak Ridge. Uh, and you know to have the vision it's going to be the second largest project in north america you know the largest in canada you know he wants to call it the new vancouver downtown area i mean this takes vision drive money and ability to sell he has done an amazing job with oak ridge and he likes it to be known as a second city which it is because it's completely self-sufficient uh, there was an experiment done about 50 years ago in in England, in the UK, Milton Keynes area, you may be familiar, where they built a galleria in the middle of the city so that it would be self-sufficient so people didn't need to go into okay. London. And that was really the start of this self-sufficient, you don't have to go into London. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Birmingham and Manchester and Leicester and all those peripheral areas, Leeds, followed suit where now there's not much necessity for them to come into London. Okay. So less travel, less uh, costs for people to buy their goods and services. Um, so here in, in, in Vancouver, we've had Metrotown and we've got Brentwood, but Oak Ridge offers something on a very high end scale. And you know, there'll be 300 uh, retail shops and service, shop, service outlets in that uh, location. It's a 28 acre piece of parcel of land it was in the 50s one of the largest undeveloped pieces of land where they took down 1400 trees 
and now Ian's planting back more than 1,400 trees. So very environmental friendly. I love some of the things he talks about, the balconies which nobody ever uses. And when he said that, I thought, he's right. (laughs) He calls them the new sanctuaries and there's so much going on. But tell me, the international buyer, what are they looking for when they come here? Let's say I'm now a London businessman, I'm well off. Why would I come here and what am I looking for? Well, you picked London as, a, as an example. London or Europe is going through a, a very stalemate situation where people don't know what's happening, particularly with Brexit. And countries like Spain, Portugal, Italy, Greece, Um, are having their financial problems and unemployment problems. So they're looking at places like Canada and the United States and saying maybe those are areas that we should explore to do business with or go to live there. So creating that opportunity, that that opportunity is right now, uh, right in front of us. Um, So the person from London would be looking at saying maybe I want to come and live here five or ten years down the line. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe He's getting uh, ready, maybe. Yes, yeah. it depends on what part of life they're in. Maybe they're, you know, they're just getting married and they're thinking they want to raise their children here. Maybe their children have gone and they're thinking they want to retire here. But there are many reasons. But ultimately, I think it's because that international buyer wants to at one time spend more time here, because it is the lifestyle capital of the world. The lifestyle capital. Why? We've got recreation, we've got restaurants, we've got cultural scene, we've got music scene. We are really the world's envy. No question about it. Now, so, so when they come here also they feel safe with their money, their banking system. Uh, they don't have to worry about putting the money in the bank. It'll still be there, it won't be taken away from you as some other countries uh, might happen. But they also seem to have more appetite for the high end, you know, the, the $2,500 a foot. Uh, uh, they're not too scared about that because they measure that against other cities in the world, what it costs you to buy a high-end condo, say, in London or in Hong Kong or New York. Yes, I think that, Ozzy, when we look at, you gave an example of 2000 or $2,500 a square foot, and as a Vancouverite, you think, wow, those are outrageous prices. And relatively, they have gone up a lot, but you've got to look on an international level. We've had a 30% or more decrease in the value of our currency. So, you know, that has caused a bit of inflationary pressure in um, the international market over here. But more than anything else is that when you look at us as an international city, which we are now, when you look at places like Singapore, you look at places like Japan, you look at places like India, you look at places like London, Tokyo, um, Paris, New York. Most of those that I've named are well over $5,000 US per square yeah. foot. Yeah. Well over. And we are at, when you look on a US term, we're at less than $2,000 a square foot. That's right. We, we forget. We have to think in US dollars. <laughs> well, that's the international you know, currency that denotes real estate and you know, that's how yeah. real estate is quoted in US dollars. Yeah, no question. I understand in London one of the, one of the highest priced condos was something in the area of 10000 a foot. You know? So it is, it is not unusual that in terms of the world uh, that the prices are there but many Vancouverites say well we are not New York we're not London but maybe in the eyes of the international buyer we 
good place to park some money here. Well, we're also more of a global world and more of a virtual world where people don't have to be in London, they don't have to be in New York, they don't have to be in Toronto, they can right. be in, in Vancouver for part of the time. So I do see a lot of international people, whether they're resident or non-resident, they spend as much time as they can over here, but they are traveling all over the world. I was with a gentleman last night that's an international business person, and he tells me that he's on a flight three to four times a week to different places. Yeah. And so that's become the world today in the, yeah. in the international global world that we live in. Eight, ten hours later, you can be in a totally different environment. Absolutely. And you know, Aussie, that's why we have an office in London and probably about 25 to 30% of our sales volume is attributed because we attract the buyers from many areas, Europe, Africa, uh, UAE, uh, Asia, and uh, that is a big part of the market right now, especially for the luxury sector. It's kind of interesting, you also open an office in Seattle. Yes, we just moved into Seattle and we're just in the midst of opening our brokerage there. We're very excited. We're uh, going to be working with Ian Gillespie with his first venture there. Um, it's called First Light. It's 459 units and um, it's something new to Seattle because it's in the luxury sector and in a really lovely area, third in Virginia, a very central downtown location. And we've done some uh, previews in that building and seen a very, very high um, demand for the product that Ian's bringing to the market there. A lot of excitement in the real estate industry, not only from realtors, but buyers. So is it a big tower or is it a number? It is, yeah. It's 42 stories and, um, sorry, 44 stories. There's two levels of, um, of uh, recreational on the top. So the whole idea is a recreational 25,000 square feet is uh, is kind of your private health club. So you have a swimming pool, you have hot tub, you have a fireplace, you have a gym, you have a little secret park, you have dog washes. So in itself, it's its own environment. So you're not only buying the apartment that's 1,000 or 1,500 square feet, but you're buying all that. You're buying the lifestyle. You're yeah. buying the lifestyle. Yeah. Right in the middle of downtown with mm -hmm. superlative, stupendous views from there. Mm -hmm. It's just amazing. And he's collaborated there with James Chang, who's originally from Seattle. He started his business in Seattle. And John Bowden, the glass architect, which is, he's uh, kind of the new Dale Chihuly of the Seattle area. And very interesting things they're doing. They're draping uh, the lower part of the building with uh, glass discs that change the color of the yeah. building and then also draped at the top at the recreational mm -hmm. level. So some very in innovative and technology front. It's also been driven by Alexa, by Amazon. So oh. everything is voice, <laughs> voice activated. I'm still worried about her. <laughs> <laughs> she can be your best friend. <laughs> Actually, I don't know if you know this because we were at the uh, training center, at the development center, that you can change it to 
change her name. Oh, no, I didn't know that. <laughs> maybe, that's, maybe that'll work. Well, this, the changing on the outside of the building is done the same on the Alberni, isn't it? When you get to that building, that the, the metal... Yes, the, the cladding on it, the, the metal fascia is anodized aluminum, and I was very privileged to be able to meet Kengo Kuma, who designed that building, mm. spent more than two and a half hours with him. Amazing, amazing architect with so much uh, foresight and so much detail has gone into that building. My opinion is actually the best building, like the best designed and architecturally interesting building in the world. It's also a great location and great to call harbor. I just love that that whole area down there and anybody buying there is in the center of the universe. No well, question. Ian Gillespie has a good knack of finding good locations and doing really special things, so we have to give him kudos for that. But I think he's also very fortunate to, to have you represent him. I, I love the way you, you put it. You say you always want to do the straightforward thing. You want to be straightforward, open, trustworthy, uh, you're genuine, and you want to be an expectation exceeder. And I think you certainly have accomplished that with your company. Your daughter is working for you, your brother is working here as well, so you have a family operation. And what I like is you, this is your family, but you consider your clients also to be the family of the future. Yes, Ozzy, we are a young company and uh, we have uh, quite a few young people working here. Um, that's very helpful with the technology uh, side of things, um, especially in the social media world. and. Uh, and seeing what young people, millennials, want in the future. Um, we are a family. Everybody's a family here. Uh, not just my brother and my, my daughter, but everybody that works here is treated like family. Uh, we work together like a family. We all support each other. Uh, when somebody's feeling a little bit low, everyone gets around them and, and, and kind of uh, gets them up again. And, and uh, hey, some nights, uh, some days we have uh, we have uh, a tougher day than some, but overall we're having fun in what we're doing and we're all here to help each other and, to, and to get everybody going here. So. That's really the secret of success. You work hard, you play hard, you enjoy what you do and you do it in a way that your clients appreciate. Thank you so much for taking the time uh, to talk to our audience and all the best. My pleasure, sir.